This is Rhema for Today. I was preaching in one place, and there's three ladies sitting around on the front pew. There's three seconds of seat, you know, and there's, so there's one pew right here in front of the pulpit. And, 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 and these ladies wasn't any further away, a little bit further away, because there's an altar than what you are. And, and these three ladies, just like somebody gave them a signal, all three of them lift their hands and start talking in tongues right in the middle of my sermon. Well, I didn't know whether there's a Pentecostal person that didn't know how to control himself that ought to have been quiet. Sometimes, you know, people ought to be quiet and not speak or what. So I waited a few moments, and, and the pastor was sitting here on the platform. And so he came up there and put his arm around and said, whispered and said, Brother Hagin, those folks are not Pentecostal. He said, uh, one of them's Episcopalian lady and two of them are Presbyterians. And they've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost. They've been coming here to services. They received right in the middle of the sermon. Glory to God. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan's teaching, God's Healing Mercy. Well, then, if he's the same today as he was yesterday, he's still having compassion on people and healing them. That's part of his compassion. All right, let's look at this verse here in Luke, the fifth chapter. The 15th verse. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. Now notice, and great multitudes came together. Luke five fifteen, Great multitudes came together. I don't know, but in our teaching, the Lord keeps leading me back to these verses again and again and again. Great multitudes came together. Now, for what purpose? To hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now notice in both of these instances, these are two separate instances of, of, of crowd, of multitudes. Notice how being healed and hearing is linked together. They came to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Isn't that what it says? All right. Notice here then again in that 10th chapter of Acts that Carnegie said we're all here present before God to hear. We're all here present before God to hear. You know, that's our problem a lot of times, getting people to hear. They want to be healed, all right, but they don't want to hear. Or the devil wants to rob them from hearing. He wants to keep them from hearing. You just have to persist. We're all here present to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. And so, as he found God's goodness... So great as Peter began to preach about God's goodness manifested through Jesus that he could not wait for Peter to finish his sermon. Just as soon as Peter had spoken enough to be a basis for their faith, down came the blessing. Hallelujah. That's the reason that I said in talking to people, uh, that, that's, that's about the only way you're going to get chronic seekers after the baptism of the Holy Ghost and healing because, you see, they'll both come the same way. They're both 
The Holy Ghost is a gift. Healing is a gift. Comes the same way. And usually that's about the only way you're going to get chronic seekers filled or healed is this way. You got to get them to hear it. And like I said, here are people that's been praying, seeking for years, healing, praying, seeking. But when I just talked to them and got them to see his mercy, his willingness. In fact, I made this statement and then said, I'll prove it to you. I mean, it just shocked them. I started off by getting their, t I had to do that to get their attention. You know, some people in seeking God have gotten in a rut. And if you pray with them, it'll jump right over in that rut and you can't get them out of that rut. Boy, they're, 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 they're stuck in that rut. And unless you can get them out of that rut, you, you, you can't help them. So that's the reason that I did that. See, I'm going to get them out of that rut immediately. So I said, God wants you baptized with the Holy Ghost or God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. Their mouth would flout. Their eyes would get big. They'd look at you, you know, like they'd think, boy, he's something wrong with him. Yeah, I said, he yearns to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He yearns to heal you. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. They look at you in disbelief without saying anything. In fact, you, could, you say that to somebody that's bedfast. God wants you up out of this bed and heal more than you want to get up. Man, you, you can, without them saying anything, you can read the expression on their face. You know what they're thinking. Well, if he does, why don't he get me up from here? But see, you haven't made it possible for him to. But without ever, you see, we know, of course, prayer works and laying on a hands is Bible scripture, all that. But, but these cases, I've seen these cases, like I said, that, that you didn't even get to pray for them. You didn't even get to lay hands on them. I said, I'll prove it to you by the Bible. That he yearns to heal you. That he wants you healed. That he longs to heal you more than you long to be healed. More than you yearn to be. More than you want to be healed. And while I was yet talking to them, those that seeking the Holy Ghost just started talking in tongues. Those that were sick I've seen them just, just instantly all right. Didn't even get to pray for them. Didn't even get to lay hands on them. They started believing in his mercy. Just like, just like Cornelius. They didn't even get to pray with old Cornelius. They didn't even get to have an altar call, did they? Peter didn't even get to have an altar call. Get them down there on their knees where he could pray for them. Get them to repent, did he? <laughs> While he yet spake and the Holy Ghost fell on them. See, they just believed, they just swallowed everything he said. Praise God. They just believed Jesus died for the sins. That's what he's preaching. Praise God. Not only got saved, but baptized the Holy Ghost standing there. That proves it's not the physical posture you're in. I've seen people just sitting there like you are. And I, I, I was teaching along, you know, and they just lifted both hands and started talking in tongues. I was preaching in one place, and there's three ladies sitting around on the front pew. There's three seconds of seat, and, you know, and there's, so there's one pew right here in front of the pulpit, and and, and, and these ladies wasn't any further away, a little bit further away because there's an altar than what you are. And, and, and these three ladies, just like somebody gave them a signal, all three of them lifted their hands and started talking in tongues right in the middle of my sermon. Well, I didn't know whether there's a Pentecostal person that didn't know how to control himself that ought to have been quiet. Sometimes, you know, people ought to be quiet and not speak or what. So I waited a few moments and, and the pastor was sitting here on the platform. And so he came up there and put his arm around and said, whispered and said, Brother Hagin, those folks are not Pentecostal. He said, uh, one of them's Episcopalian lady and two of them Presbyterians. And they've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
they've been coming here to services. They received right in the middle of the sermon. Glory to God. Well, when I found out who they were, well, I said, listen, everybody just lift hands and rejoice with these dear sisters have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. You see, in other words, they heard and faith mounted up in that. They saw God was so yearned to fill them with the Holy Ghost that they couldn't wait till you give the altar call. Right in the middle. They just had to get filled right in the middle of the sermon. Well, you see, that's what happened with Carnetus and his household. Peter didn't have time to give an altar call for them to come and get saved. I mean, they got saved, born again, and baptized the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues, standing right there. I say this is standing because, you know, uh, there's in the house, and, and uh, he got all of his kin folks and everybody, and angels appeared to him, told him, you know. And so they didn't have enough place for everybody to sit down. I just imagined the whole house, the folks just filled. You know, after all, it's not the physical posture you're in. It's a, it's a spiritual posture you, that you're in that counts. Those ladies just sitting there. I've had other folks just sitting there, you know, uh, that, that got healed the same way, right in the middle of the sermon. That happened with Paul, you know, down there in the, in the 14th chapter of Acts. At Lystra, there sat this crippled man. See, he was sitting there, crippled man. Had never had walk. Same heard Paul speak. Wonder what Paul was speaking. Same heard Paul speak, you know, Acts 14. Eight and nine at Lystra. Paul preached the gospel, seventh verse said, at Lystra there's a crippled man who sat there who was lame from his mother's womb who never had walked. Ninth verse said the same, the man, the crippled man, heard Paul speak. See, there's that hearing again. Heard Paul speak, who Paul steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed said, stand upright on thy feet and blessed be God. The man stood up and walked and leaped and praised God and was healed. Well, it's quite obvious he had faith to be healed. Where did he get it from what Paul said? In other words, Paul must have unveiled through what he said the mercy of God, the compassion of God. Hallelujah. Not only to forgive sins, but to heal. He must have made it so real to that poor crippled fellow that's a grown man, has never walked a step in his life, been crippled from his mother's womb, that God so yearned, that God so yearned, you see, after all, the only Bible he had was the Old Testament. He had to take a text from it if he's going to take a text. Amen. He may have took the text. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout all the earth. <laughs> Glory to God. Looking for somebody. Hallelujah. He's eager, you see, to find somebody he can pour out his blessings upon. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So just as soon as Peter, in speaking to Cornelius, had spoken enough to be a basis for faith, down came the blessing. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first item in this offer is the slimline book from Kenneth Hagen entitled The Master Restorer. The next item is the three CD series from Kenneth E. Hagen, Casting All of Your Cares Upon the Lord. All of these items are for the special price of $20. That's $6.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Faith 99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, 
Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Well, honey, guess what happens in just a little over a week? Oh... Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Rainbow lights are going on in the park, and there will be over two million, million lights. On this campus, all on over. On this campus, park. yes. But the park where oh, you walk through, guys. walk across that bridge with that canopy of lights that are all set to music, and then as you're walking across over to your left on the on the hillside there, yes. is all the all, all the lights all set to the music. It's just fantastic. Then you can drive around the campus or walk around it. Or uh, there's a guy that comes in with his horses and carriages yes. and he sets up over in the corner over there and you can take a carriage ride. That's right. Hey, it all starts at about six o'clock on Wednesday night, November the 27th, and it runs until. 11 o'clock on January the 1st, That's 11 right. o'clock that night, p.m. You know, some people may say, why do you light up the campus at Christmas? Well, Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah. And we just let this be just a, a sign that Jesus is the light of yeah. the world. Hey, you, you, you want to come and see it. They come from all over Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, all over. I see, I see church buses and I see buses with uh, Kansas license yes. tags and and Arkansas and Missouri and Texas and Texas yes. uh, people come to see the lights in fact my son said and I don't know I don't keep up with that stuff but he said they have been voted in the in the one of the top 10 best light displays in in the in the United nation States. so yes. praise yes. the lord amen yes. so you need to come and see him and then right after that you can join uh, in the Rama Bible Church for our oh, power. That's right. right. That's right. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen on God's healing mercy. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org for more great resources.